0: Are you ready to start the show? Because we're going to start the show now. We're going to start the show in three, two, one, go now. This is Monty in the Morning. The show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is. Amante show. Hi, it's uh, June 15th of 2022. Jake is in an awful mood today. That is not true. Uh, He is really upset about new research on eggs. Um, That is
1: true. I am upset about that.
0: I mean, do you feel like you can go on in this world? I don't don't know
1: how I can work under these conditions. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I I would totally agree. Jake is going to have to figure out uh, exactly how to cope We'll bring you the egg-tastic news. Eggs are so good.
1: They are. Add a little butter, a little cheese, a little salt and pepper. A little
0: hard-boiled action. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're killing you. Um, well,
1: it, that was uplifting. Do you smoke your own meat? Uh, I do, actually, yeah. Yeah, Jake
0: does smoke his own yeah, meat. Yeah, I smoke clown meat. So we'll have, to, uh, we'll have to talk about Jake smoking his own meat. Yeah. Uh, we'll do that as well. Well, But, of course, what would this show be if we didn't start with the latest, greatest, (laughs) salacious Rudy Gobert trade rumors? And I don't know, and maybe this is a little too strong, but I am surprised that there is so much buzz around the NBA with Rudy Gobert trade rumors and that the Jazz have been able to ask a King's ransom in return for their big man. And, Jake, I guess the question is, are the Jazz asking too much in return for Rudy Gobert?
1: Yeah, I think that the Jazz, you know, obviously they're able to ask for whatever they want to ask for, certainly. Uh, that's part of doing business. But I do think they're asking for too much. I do think that, that you know, expecting to get uh, two players and some picks is, is definitely aggressive. Now, obviously, it depends on what two players specifically you're asking for. Um, but, like, in Atlanta, as an example, asking for – John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, and two picks, uh, specifically with one of those picks being a first-rounder potentially, that's a lot of value for Rudy Gobert. Now, I don't blame the Jazz for asking. It's their job to ask. Have the team say no and counter you. I'm a big believer in that. You know, Ask for what you want, and if the other side doesn't want to give that, they need to counter. So I'm a big believer in that strategy. But I, I just think that, again, as we've talked about so many times, this league is not a big-man league anymore. Yes, we have some very talented bigs. Yes, you know, you've got a big who won the MVP, but they are different kind of bigs than Rudy Gobert is, with all due respect. Those guys, Nikola Jokic is is a mobile big. Joel Embiid is a mobile big. Karl-Anthony Towns is a mobile big. Those guys can do a lot more things athletically than Rudy can, again, with all due respect. So when I look at Rudy's game and I look at how he kind of goes about things— you know, I don't think he's on those guys' level. And the point I'm getting at is is if you were trading, you know, Jokic or, or Embiid, okay, yeah, two, two all-star level players, two two picks, preferably one of those being a first-rounder. All right, yeah, that's totally justified. And I think, you know, whoever you're negotiating with would be on the same page about that. But this is kind of what I was alluding to yesterday the jazz are going to go ahead and ask for as much as they want to ask for the problem is is that the league doesn't view rudy the same way the jazz view rudy and that's kind of the issue you're going to continue to run into on top of the money issues we've been over on top of the fact that you don't have draft picks that you can negotiate with like so that's why i say it's not going to be super duper easy to get a deal done that said i do think a deal is going to get done they need to move him in order to get to the next phase of the of the you know not a, I'm not calling it a rebuild, but a retool, if you will. So yeah, I think a deal will get done, and and it's just going to come down to you know where where both sides of the phone come down on Rudy's value.
0: Yeah, I don't know if there is such a thing as asking for too much. I mean, we're all adults in the room, you know. Like you can say no. Right. Uh, I'm very much of the mindset that yeah, you have to say no. In the the you know the the news yesterday was that the Bulls have told the Utah Jazz that Patrick Williams is not available. in um, a trade for Rudy Gobert and Io Dasumu is also not on the table in those conversations, and that makes total sense. It, it was a little surprising that the Chicago Bulls would entertain a Rudy Gobert for Patrick Williams deal, I mean, that being the core of a deal. Obviously, Vucevic is going to have to be in that deal. Uh, but the Chicago Bulls also have the 18th pick in in the upcoming draft. And I do think that, as we've talked about on the show, the Jazz want draft capital in return because they don't currently have a pick in this draft. And, you know, you would like to be in the top 15 in this draft. I mean, yeah, but 18 is pretty darn good, right? I mean, if if you could get – I don't know what it would take to make a deal with the Bulls. I don't see it's likely. Um, I think as, as the days go on, it, it is going to come down to the Atlanta Hawks and their willingness to include – DeAndre Hunter in that deal. But one of the things that really concerns me, Jake, about a deal with the Atlanta Hawks is they really want the the Utah Jazz to take Clint Capella back. Mm-hmm. And I think if I'm the Utah Jazz, I'm not so inclined to take Clint Capella, Capella back. I, I, again, will say, if I'm the Utah Jazz, I want John Collins and I want DeAndre Hunter and I want a first-round pick. Yeah, And if that deal happens, let's do it. Because I think the Jazz do need to be back in this draft. I think it is important to either make a pick or trade the pick, but you need leverage in the NBA draft to to operate at the highest levels in this league. And if I'm if I'm the Utah Jazz, I I want to make that deal with the Atlanta Hawks.
1: Yeah, and I and I think that you know this is the other side of the conversation. What are you going to have to take back to get a deal done surrounding Rudy and taking, you know, taking Clint Capella back? I mean, you know, while he's not some horrible player, he's also again not a big that I'm looking to you know, uh, acquire. That's not that's not who I'm looking to bring back. I mean, I, I didn't, you know, the, the Jazz didn't call the Atlanta Hawks looking to get Clint Capella, you know? So that's why I say this This is kind of what, what I mean when I say the Jazz, as far as leverage is concerned, don't have a ton of leverage in these conversations, and that's the tough part. That's why I say if I'm a Jazz fan right now and I'm looking at all these rumors I'm hearing about Rudy and, and roster change, my biggest question is not who they're going to go and get. Like, yeah, that is a question, but, but I think the, the most important question is who are you going to have to take back? What, what, what baggage or garbage are you going to have to absorb to get these deals done? Because then, ultimately, like we've discussed, you're going to have to move those players too. So that's why I say the question it really boils down to, hey, yes, we'll give you DeAndre Hunter and John Collins and a pick, but you're definitely going to have to take the Capella contract. So to me, if I'm Danny Ainge, it just simply comes down to, okay, are we good with that or are we not good with that? For me, I probably wouldn't be good with that. I don't think that I I would probably ask for a bit le- less and not take Capella rather than getting every single thing I wanted and bringing more bad money onto the books. I, that would be my... That would be where I would kind of come down on that.
0: Yeah, Clint Capella is a deal breaker for me. I'm just – I'm not interested in it. And I understand, um, you know, as the tweet machine fired up last night, people were telling me, oh, he's a double-double machine. I got that already in Rudy Gobert.
1: In a better version of it, by uh, I, the
0: way. I, I have a, 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 an all-time defensive presence in Rudy Gobert – who also gives me double-double numbers every single night. Yeah, I'm not interested in double-double numbers. I'm interested in wing defenders. I'm interested in athletic players on the perimeter. I'm interested in guys who can play the paint and the perimeter. I'm interested in guys that can shoot the three. All of those things happen with the deal from Atlanta, with the exception of Clint Capella. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I don't believe that you can take on Clint Capella and John Collins. I just I, you're, That money doesn't make sense. So, for me, I, I i I again will say the most likely destination for for Rudy Gobert is probably Toronto. I would bump Atlanta ahead of Chicago now, knowing that Chicago doesn't want to include Pat Williams. And I would put the Bulls third. Um and if I'm the Utah Jazz, man, I'm trying to make that Atlanta deal because I think it's the best one. Mm-hmm. I think it I think John Collins and DeAndre Hunter in a first round pick is better than. OG Ananobi and Gary Trent from Toronto. Yeah, I I do, and and by the way, I still maintain if you can get a third team involved in this and you can move Mike Conley or Boyan Bogdanovich in that same deal, I'm doing that. Yeah. Um. So I'd I'd rather make fewer trades, um, and trades that are more robust that check more boxes than have to make three four deals to remake this roster. Totally. That's just my opinion. Totally. So, yeah. You know, I I I feel like. I feel like Danny Ainge knows what he's doing. I feel like Danny Ainge has this – has – the thing that comforts me so much is I feel like the Jazz have a plan this offseason. I always felt like Dennis Lindsay was just putting on the blinders and, and, you know, launching the plane off the ground.
1: Yeah, I guess I'll have to figure something out.
0: Yeah, like just flying blind, bro, hoping that I'm high enough. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I Like that's that's, a problem. What, that's what I felt like. Yeah. And I think Danny Ainge has a plan and a vision for what he wants this roster to be. I think that's why he is certainly in no rush to hire a head coach, um, which I don't think he should be. I think you should wait for the finals to make sure that you can interview every candidate properly that you want to interview. Um, I think that they're doing a, a really good job of interviewing guys like Jason Terry, guys like Terry Stotts, like... I think they're doing a really good job with that. Yeah, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how long this process takes. But if it's two months, if it's a month, if it's two more weeks, I'm good with that. Yep, whatever it takes, because you got to get the draft and free agency right.
1: Well, and I think you got to get the like this summer. It's imperative that you don't make mistakes. I mean, this summer you really have to check all your boxes and you have to basically nail it because again, the, remember what the stated goal is. Let's not forget this. The stated goal right now is to remake this roster, but stay relevant, stay yes. a, stay a playoff contender, whatever that looks like, whether you got to go through the play in to do that, or you're a five seed, or whatever, you know, like that's what they're saying that their goal is. So again, that's what I'm telling you. Like when, when the first deal comes down, cause inevitably that's going to happen. The first deal is going to happen. When you get that tweet, when you get the Woj bomb, read that Woj bomb and look at the back end of the trade. What did the Jazz have to take that they didn't want to take to get the deal done? Because that's ultimately what you're going to have to deal with as the season goes on. Yeah, it'll be interesting to
0: see what, what they wind up doing. You know, I, I think the two main names that you've got to get value for in return are Boyan Bogdanovich and Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. Because I think those are the two guys that are most most in demand on your roster. And I also think that Royce and Conley have, have limited value. I think that you're going to be able to flip Mike Conley probably for a second-round pick. I don't believe that you're going to get a significant player in return. Like, for Rudy Gobert, you absolutely should be demanding a star-starter caliber, yes. you know, top-five guy in return for Rudy Gobert. And if I'm the Jazz, I'm asking for two and a pick. Um, but for a guy like Mike Conley, your value's lower. Um, if you can include Royce O'Neal – um, I, w- I would do that. I, I but you know again, if you include any any notable player on the Jazz roster with Rudy Gobert, it's a fifty million dollar trade. Right, and those are not the easiest trades in the world to make. It's far easier to trade twenty million bucks than fifty million bucks in this league. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to figure out how to make that work, and that's why I, I ask, you know, I you cannot take back Clint Capella and John Collins and DeAndre Hunter in the same deal yeah. because now what goes the other way? That's, that's the biggest question. And I think, you know, if it's a bulls deal, okay, I can, you know, that you you can kind of understand, you know, how we can make those numbers work, but not for, not for Atlanta. I don't, I just, I mean, does Atlanta really have interest in a Royce O'Neal? Does Atlanta really have interest in a, in a, in a Mike Conley? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, they're, Atlanta essentially is trying to completely remake their roster outside of Trey young. And I think they'd probably like to hang on to Deandre Hunter. Yeah. But if you look at what Atlanta's doing, they're trying to get out from under the Collins and the Capella contracts. So you're going to take in return on Mike Conley. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Right. So $8 million worth of Royce O'Neal. I'm fine with that. But does that deal make sense for Atlanta? Probably doesn't. Um, you would probably like to take Rudy Gobert and, and a younger wing player, a, a Nikhil Alexander Walker, for instance, a Trent Forrest, for instance. Yeah. But, but again, you got to make all these contract numbers line up. That's why when you look at John Collins' deal, he's got a massive extension he signed. You know, you look at Clint Capella; I think he's got two more years guaranteed on his deal. I mean, there's there's something to be done with Atlanta, but for my money, it's got to include DeAndre Hunter. Herder to
1: me is it's just a guy. It's not anything for the jazz purposes. It's not, I mean, I'm not saying the guy's hurt or sucks, but he doesn't again. We're not looking for shooting. We're looking for wing defense and athleticism. That's what we're looking for. And that's why Deandre Hunter has to be the, be the priority. But that's why I say like, this is what I mean. Like when we get into these conversations, and I know we've been talking about the the Rudy situation a ton and different trade packages, and I'm sure it gets a bit repetitive. But the more I get into this, yeah, thank you. Crack the beer, because damn, if we're gonna we're gonna need it today. It's not a beer. It's okay, a it, rock star beer. It's slits, a rock star you know, recovery. Whatever. And by the way, there's an affiliate
0: link for it below.
1: Yeah, how about that? How about that? Yeah, you know. So my point is, is that in all of these conversations, all of these conversations, the problem is, is the Jazz don't have that leverage, and so if they had, if Frickin' Dennis Lindsay had signed Rudy to a twenty million dollar deal, wouldn't even be here. We wouldn't even have this conversation. Yeah. That's what that's what I keep coming back to. And and not to be, you know, negative about it, I just am like, damn, dude, like there's deals to be made. It's just the money that makes it difficult. Well,
0: I mean, you get excited because you hear that jazz are involved in deals and conversations, but then you hear what those deals are, and all of a sudden it hits you when you say, Damn, well, it hits you that you're standing at the bottom of a very steep mountain. Yeah, it's not a hill anymore; it's a mountain. You got to climb to get out from under the financial burden that Dennis Lindsey left behind, and that's why you're not. I don't know that anybody in this organization is excited to trade Rudy Gobert. Right, they're not excited, and and not. Nor should you be. Rudy Gobert is a quality NBA player. It's, but it's something that has to be done. You have to trade Boyan Bogdanovich. It'd be nice if Boyan was was your, you know, a fourth guy. If he's your fourth option in in a starter for you at the three, okay, great. But that's just not, that's not the reality of it. And when you're making the money he's making and you shoot at the percentage he shoots, he has value. That's a guy that can break off any team in this league for 40 points. Yeah. But he just hasn't done that in this system. And I think that's why for my money I think he and and Rudy are the must are the must-move pieces. So we'll see. By the way, real quick, I want to talk about the uniforms. Yeah. Because we've been telling you this week that I've been hearing pretty repeatedly that there's going to be a strong retro flavor to the uniform announcement on Friday. Uh-huh. And pretty clearly that's what we're getting i mean the the leaked images of the floor that has the mountain and the old yeah. purple colorway and yeah. you're going to get you're going to get some mountain retro purple happening right we've we we've known that for a week to 10 days but what you're seeing now is that the the real question okay well you can't tell me that that retro mountain feel is the full time uniform What's the full-time uniform? What is, what's the daily driver here? Okay, I got my Ferrari, which is the Purple Mountains. I got the Rari, the Lambo. Right. You know, like I got the Roddy. Okay, cool. Yeah. What's the daily driver uniform here? Because I'm pretty well convinced it's those black and white with, you Uh. know, aqua fluorescent, you know, terrible, my head hurts colorways and stuff.
1: Yeah. (laughs) No, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty convinced that those are not good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, ah, like I think, I think what it, what, what it seems to be unfolding here is that, is that Ryan Smith wants to keep the heritage in the organization, but at the same time, he wants a new and like very simplified, clean sort of look, To as you put it, the daily driver. And I think that I don't want to see the jazz in lime green, man. That's not the Utah jazz. Like just stick to your colors. I understand if, you know, if you want to go clean cut and like with the graphics and everything for the regular full-time Jersey. Okay. I can kind of get down with that, but just please keep it in the, the white blue, even green, like that, that deeper green. I think that a lot of people did like that Jersey. I wasn't one of them, but a lot of people did like that. You know, and even if you want to go with the orange, the orange colorway of this past set of jerseys was one of the best ones. I mean, that's they were rocking those in the postseason, man. Like, the fan base loved those. So, I just hope that they stay true to the colorways of the uniform. I understand if the design is all new and something totally different, but just stay true to the colors. That's yeah. all I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, like... Yeah, man. I, I, I think there's going to be... I think the jazz are very smart business people. They Ryan Smith is not dumb. They've listened and I think they've evolved. But it'll be interesting to see what's the full-time uniform.
1: I don't want the mountain the mountain colorway that we're seeing with the with the OG floor and the retro vibe. I don't want that to be an insurance policy for some Garbage uniform on the day. Well,
0: that's what it's starting to feel like. Yeah. That's what it's starting to feel like. That's what I want.
1: Yeah. And, you know, hopefully that's not the case, but we'll see. I mean, look, you can't have nobody, no organization out there has every single jersey is amazing. I mean, that's just not how it works. Like, even if you look at the iconic you know, organizations in the league, like the bulls, that black pinstripe one. I'm not a huge fan of that one. I like the clean black one with the red letters. No pinstripe. But see like like
0: the, the bulls uniform, the black one with the red pinstripes is Jordan era throwback. Like that Mm. was one of his most popular uniforms ever for the jazz. How do you screw up white, purple and gold with a little bit of green? How do you, how do you screw that up? Like that's,
1: and to be fair, to I don't get fair, that. They haven't screwed it up yet, but I kind of feel like that's the direction oh, we're heading.
0: I Yeah, it could be. The black and yellow is the new practice jersey. Eric and Raleigh says, let's hope so.
1: And if that's the case, fine. Fine. Yep. Uh,
0: Le- uh, Leonard Donnan Endelove first one in. Tanner Plummer, good morning to you. Spencer D. D. Sp- says go jazz. Steve Hambone. Uh, Mesh, good morning to you. Neville 93. Douglas Cook. Hello,
1: Douglas. Hello,
0: Douglas. Can,
1: do you prefer Douglas or Dougie?
0: Dougie Fresh. Yeah. Uh, Dougie Fresh says, "Does chemistry matter?" <laughs> Dougie Fresh. <laughs> That's just what comes to mind. Dougie Fresh says, "Does chemistry matter when it comes to having success in a uh, uh, successful team in trading Rudy? Who would you bring good chemist? Who would bring good chemistry and why? Like, I don't know. I'm not a science teacher. The way I look at chemistry is it's developed over time. I mean, yeah. I think that." that you need to change this roster. Chemistry will happen naturally. Um, I mean, I I just don't, I don't think you can worry. I mean, I'm not telling you to bring in a bad citizen. I'm not telling you to bring in one of the Morris brothers, (laughs) but what I'm telling you is I don't, I don't see John Collins as a chemistry problem. I don't see, you know, Nikola Vucevic as a chemistry problem. Yeah. I think, what is a problem is you're not going to win games with the current roster. Yep. That's a far larger. And by the way, they had huge chemistry problems. Yeah. in the locker room this year. So, you know, Doug, I I I just I think you have to do I think the Jazz have to do better than what they have now, and I think they know that. Um Jeremy Bolton says, "Hi." Well, hello. Hi. Casual. Hi. Hi. Sam Carden says, "Why not keep Gobert and Mitchell?" Some rumors say Conley for Levert in Cleveland. Then you can shop Bogey for Jeremy Grant. Well, Bogey isn't bringing Jeremy Grant to the Jazz. Yeah. He's not. And I don't know why. What is it that you've seen from from Rudy and Don that makes you think that's a good idea? Because you have two guys who clearly don't – their games don't mesh well together. Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty clear they don't enjoy playing together. And there's clearly internal issues with the way that that rock locker room is structured and, and it always starts and begins and ends and finishes with your stars. Yep. And there's chemistry issues in that locker room, camaraderie issues with Rudy and Don. And as long as they're in that room together, half the team's going to be on one side, half the team's going to be on the other. And that's just not the way you win championships. Yeah, it's not. There's not a guy in the Golden State Warriors locker room that's not happy for Klay Thompson. There's not a guy in the Boston locker room that's not rooting for Al Horford. Like, you don't have that on this team. Yeah. And that's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. Um, J.P. Shanahan, good morning. You're back. What's up, J.P.? Hello, sir. How dare you take time off from this show? Dare you. Uh, I think Whiteside is a decent keep. I think he's a depth player. I would agree with that, BB. But yeah.
1: Whiteside in, is the same thing as Capella, and that's why you can't take Capella back. You know, because because you already have a guy in Whiteside who fills that role, and and that's why I say like, yeah, I mean, is Capella? Could you make the case that Capella is a slight upgrade? Sure, you could make that yeah. case. But I but I I just think for like monetary purposes and process purposes and efficiency. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, it's just repetitive. And and that's why I say like, you know, the, the, the whole situation is, is, is tough because again, Danny Ainge, when Danny Ainge was with the Celtics, he had all the leverage in these conversations. He had talent. He had, you know, plenty to work with from the draft. Like that's how he was able to put together huge deals and stuff. So to me, huge deals this time around are, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we got a three-teamer surrounding Rudy. Like, I think ultimately what's going to happen is Danny's going to call these teams, Chicago, Atlanta, Toronto. Like, he's going to call around and realize, yeah, we do need a third team. And now I got to put that third team together in this deal. Yeah. So that's that's how I think that process plays out. Maybe, hey, Danny's a legend at doing this. So maybe he already knew that there was a third team necessary, and that was his approach the whole time. But I just think that I will look forward to when the trade happens because jazz jazz fans on Twitter are like, well, if they trade Rudy, it's not if, it's when. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of, of what that looks like. At yeah. This point. I I don't
0: know what I don't I mean, I don't know that Hassan Hassan Whiteside's an afterthought. Yeah. I mean, he's a great shot blocker, but the guy is present on half the nights. He's just a guy. He is he is absent on most nights. Like he is the guy, uh, frankly, the guy's an emotional wreck. Like, I just don't see, I don't see, he's just not a priority. I I don't think. Yeah. Dep- and, and let's say that you make a John Collins, Clint Capella trade, mm-hmm. which I don't think is likely under any circumstance. I just don't know what value Whiteside has to you as a, as a player for the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Uh, I, that's just my opinion though. Sean Carden says, saw an article online that the Cavs are interested in Conley. I mean, look. I mean, I'm sure they if, are.
1: If you want to trade, if you're if you're saying to me, "Hey, Conley for Karis LeVert," okay, I'm interested. I I, I am interested. I mean, I think LeVert has definitely some uses what and, is and he some making, things, though? but I don't, I don't know what he's making. Yeah, you have to look that up. But but I just I I like the prospect of getting younger and getting more explosive. I like that. However, it it does come down to to what he makes. So what what eighteen seven. So I mean, he's making similar money to Conley. I but mean, he's it, in the is same that ballpark.
0: En- is that even an upgrade for?
1: Well, it's definitely an upgrade from a health standpoint. I mean, he did come off a major injury, but I think that that like he's going to well, be more yeah. reliable than Mike is.
0: I think Karis Levert is a
1: boy. Let's look at his.
0: Karis is interesting. I mean, obviously he brings you.
1: I mean, he can play on the offensive end. He can yeah, get his own I mean, bucket. He's all right. I mean, he's he's the he, obviously he's much younger. He's certainly not but, a downgrade to Mike Conley.
0: No, I I don't. I just don't I'm it doesn't I mean last year he he played uh what is that? 4 uh, 59 58 games. Um you know, I mean he's av- I mean he's a guy he, he's a he's a bucket getter. I mean, I I don't I is that a difference maker for you? I don't know, I'm probably keeping Mike at that point. Mike's I mean I I don't know. That just doesn't feel like a huge win for me. For Carousel. Well, like, But, uh, but I mean, would you
1: rather get a player or a pick? Because you're not getting both.
0: I'd rather get a pick. That's why I said Mike Conley's a pick player. He's not a guy that you're like, oh, send me a play. You're going to trade Mike Conley, yep. and somebody's going to take on his enormous number for his production, and you you may get a, a second-round pick out of that. You're not going to first-rounder out of that, Yeah. in my opinion. I, I think my the problem with Mike Conley is it's not a problem to keep him on the roster. The money is crippling to you. Yeah. The money, like, and this is why you're you're gonna wind up trading. You know, frankly, I'd love to keep Boyan Bogdanovich on the team. I'd love to have him, but he makes good money and he's got value around the league. And you're cash strapped.
1: That's the that's the important part. He has value. Yeah,
0: I, that to me is the thing. Eric and Raleigh says the black and yellow is the new practice jersey. It better be. Uh, James Knight says morning lads. Morning. Um, Eric says the Warriors build chemistry by having a clear leader in Draymond and good guys in Stephen Clay. Well, I'll tell you what. This this decision coming up with Wiggs and, and Clay, this is a very difficult decision for Golden State. I think it's a very compelling conversation. I mean, you look at Clay Thompson. He has shown you flashes of his former self. Mm-hmm. But for obvious reasons, and understandably so, he looks to be a guy that's out of gas at this point. Yeah. Right? He looks tired. Yeah. But he's coming off of a major rehab stretch over the last several years, and they're still on pace to win four championships in eight years. Yeah. But, man, Andrew Wiggins is on the verge of winning a NBA Finals MVP. He is giving you huge performance. Jake laughed at me saying that. I only said that. You're to not that of, guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. To He's back not slap that guy.
1: You. He's not that guy, dude. Come okay, on.
0: what are we going to bet that he wins the NBA Finals MVP? What do you want to bet?
1: Uh, I don't know.
0: Steph did not hit a 3. Doesn't matter. In the dude, pivotal game 5 of, one of the, of the most series.
1: signature performances in the series. Who he, cares? He is the reason they Who's here? thinking
0: about game 4 when they just when he he was O of 9 in game uh 5 and ended a 200 plus game streak of three-pointers and Andrew Wiggins but had that's another my point, big game. Dude,
1: this guy and, is
0: But by the way, Andrew Wiggins his offense isn't even why they're winning. It's his defense on on Tatum. 30, yeah. Jason Tatum, do you understand? In possessions guarded by Andrew Wiggins, yeah. Jason Tatum is thirteen of fifty five. Yeah, thirteen of fifty
1: five. Yeah, he's Jason playing good Tatum. defense. I'm not saying he's not playing well. Motherfucker! It's but it's 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 just it's, Andrew Wiggins isn't winning a Finals MVP, dude. What, okay, what he's we not? It's okay, not, so if you're so confident, not, if you're so that. confident. I don't know what you want to bet. I'm not a gambler, as you so, you know, adeptly pointed out. You yesterday. just got
0: Jake just pointed out this morning. He walked in with a new feather cap, fur and feather on his hat because he got his commission check today from I'm the not afraid to die. Yeah, like you're out there being a G, dude. Yeah. You got all this bread laying around. Yeah. I just put out big money on a new piece of equipment yesterday for the show. We. You're out here buying hookers and wings. Saudi
1: stooge. Yeah, I you am. Know, you, you know, you are a I'm Saudi stooge. I get it. Yeah. You I get know, it. Phil.
0: Yeah. What? Put your money where your mouth is, man. uh, Yeah. Let's bet.
1: What? A thousand dollars. No, I'm not betting a thousand dollars on Andrew Wiggins to not win the fucking MVP. Why? You're so sure.
0: Oh, Steph Curry. (laughs) Steph, I'm slurping it deep. You're winning the finals MVP.
1: Come on! Oh, Steph, Come you're on. so sexy. Come on! I love you. Okay, honestly, do, oh, do people Steph. do people in the comments oh, really think that Andrew Wiggins has a chance? Oh,
0: Steph, I don't remember KD. Oh. <laughs> Where's your money, boy? Let's go. No. Five G's. No. Put a bet no, on Oh,
1: Dad! Wow. No, I'm not doing five thousand on the Finals MVP. Come on. Um what do you want to bet? You're not, you haven't bought me
0: a Father's Day gift, and you're not gonna you know, I should have left you on the shag carpet. Never. Back in Zion, Illinois. Come on, guy. You know. Come on. You're casual uh, yeah, anyway. Point is, what do you want to bet?
1: I what I, I don't have an item that I want to bet. I, what do you want to bet? I I don't know. Give me some okay. ideas in the comments. Okay, fine. Ideas in the comments. What what you'd like us to bet over fine. finals MVP. Fine. Fine. Coward. He's a bum. He is. I agree, Aaron. Thanks.
0: I'd bet you five guys for lunch, but you didn't want to do that. Hmm. Jerk. You never brought up five guys. Andrew Wiggins, I think, is right now. If I had to put a percentage on Andrew Wiggins. I swear to God. What? Don't. What?
1: Well, it's like 80% he's going to win the finals MVP. He deserves it.
0: He does. I think.
1: So that's how it's going
0: to be. That is how it's going to be.
1: No. No.
0: You're telling me that Andrew Wiggins. Doesn't deserve the NBA Finals MVP.
1: He may, but he's Andrew Wiggins. This is the nature of the beast. Like, like all, like when LeBron and Kyrie were together, everyone was like, oh, well, Kyrie should, you know, you know, Kyrie deserves it. But I got news for you. Like LeBron, it's LeBron. Like (laughs) Steph is, dude, Steph has carried them, bro. Like Steph has been, yes, he struggled last game. Yes, he did.
0: But so did, so did Wiggs in game two. He had 11 points.
1: But right. Wiggs offers defense. And so my point just is, is like, I, I don't know. Cause you can't tell me, here's my thing. You can't tell me that the people who decide the finals MVP aren't considering Steph's legacy. You here's can't, the, but
0: no, I'm not saying that, but here's the problem. Wiggins was 0 of six from three and still scored 26 points.
1: Yeah. And what did
0: Steph have? Steph Curry, he didn't even didn't, didn't show up, he, you know.
1: Yeah, that's because he was too busy shooting threes from the parking lot. With you in the back seat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: in game five, and this is the issue for Steph. When you're not hitting threes, people yeah. think you don't contribute. Yeah. Um, Steph Curry was seven. Of, oh, man. Dude. Are you sure you want me to bring this up? Some shit happened. Seven of 22. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> um, oh, of nine. Uh, <laughs> From three, three rebounds, eight dimes, 16 points. Um, Yeah, not his best performance. Meanwhile, our uh, hero, Andrew Wiggins. Tw- I want more. 26 points and 13 rebounds. Yeah,
1: big boy double-double. Yeah, man. You know. Yeah. MVP. Yeah, I mean, you have to give him credit. You have- no, I'm not.
0: $1,000. $1, $1, $1, no, I'm not. The next big Jordan release. No,
1: no. Okay. No, I'm not doing it, man. All right. We got other things
0: happening. Uh, James Knight says the loser wears a Rudy Gobert jersey for a week on the show. Stop it. Stop it. And by the way, paying off a bet, bro, you haven't even sent us the Forex gold, James. Yeah. You have no say here, sir. Yeah. Like. Shame. You are out of your element here, Donnie. Come on, dude. Like, where's my Forex gold that you owe me like 36 times over? Anyway. Good talk by the way, did you get me a Father's Day gift yet? No, nope.
1: We're going to Roost Chris for dinner. Still hasn't gotten a me a Father's gift? Day gift. Is still that not a good enough gift? Has not got me
0: a Father's Day gift. My seed made you this good looking fellow, seed. and you still, Daddy, you're out of your element, and you still
1: have not gotten me come a Father's on, Day guy. gift. Come on, come on, come on. Wow, day, wow. It's am I wrong? That's too
0: far, bro. What? That's too far. Anyway, um let's see. Andy U says uh it was so predictable John was going to pass to Carl that MJ was running towards three was running towards 3 seconds prior to the steal. Listen. Listen. Bro. Michael Jordan got over on the Jazz multiple times. <laughs> it was not a push off. He stripped the ball from Carl. Went down. <laughs> Scored a layup. <laughs> oh man! And then he, you know, got poisoned by pizza and still beat that ass again,
1: again, and again.
0: No questioning that Jordan's amazing. Is this the you know, The main flaw of the late '90s Jazz, Andy, you says I don't know how we got to the late yeah. '90s Jazz. Well,
1: because they're bringing out the retro floor, so you know. The
0: main flaw of the late '90s Jazz: no secondary score. Stockton and Hornacek was nine and a half points each. And yet they took Mike to the buzzer. Yeah. Now Mike won.
1: Again. Flu
0: game. And again. Anyway. I'll and as you can see, there's not much hope for you left. Eric and Raleigh says the Warriors keep Wiggins and Clay. John Jackson says Father's Day gift. Jake, who's your daddy? <laughs> exactly wow. right. Wow. He don't know, man. Uh, Tanner Plummer says this should be the bet. If Wiggins becomes finals MVP, Jake has to give up his love of KD. If Wiggins doesn't win, Monty has to give up his love of Justin Bear.
1: <laughs> justin haybear listen to me bro it should be give up your love of book i stop it The hell out of here that.
0: yeah <laughs> it's not real yeah anyway uh-huh. the point right. is listen right. i want to strum justin haybear's abs like a banjo <laughs> and that's never gonna change right no matter what happens you want to <laughs> where did this show go? Jeremy Bolton says, I went to five guys the other day with my buddy and it cost $45 for both of us. Screw that. But it it's was a really good dude. burger. It's
1: absolutely ridiculous. But it was a really good burger. It's ridiculous. And
0: yeah, think man. about all the extra fries you got, bro. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, um, Eric and Raleigh says the Celtics offensive game plan is to attack Steph on defense and they are exposing him. Mm. Um, well, I don't know what exposing Steph has to do with, no, nah, I can't make a joke there. The point is, Andrew Wiggins is taking advantage of that, and that's why he's going to win the NBA Finals MVP, sir. Let's settle this right now. 1000 bucks. No. Let me know when. No. Um. Hib says, whoever loses does the next episode with their shirt off. Nah,
1: I'm
0: fine. Andy Yu says, he was past his prime, but still a solid scorer. Okay. Eric and Raleigh says, Kyler, huge contract. Franchise killer for the Cardinals. Oh, man, dude. Kyler Murray.
1: mm, mm, mm.
0: Little, little Kyler is we guy. call him in we Verticality. We he opened a restaurant called Verticality. That's yeah. a lie. I made that up. Right. Uh but anyway, my point is yes, Kyler Murray's contract extension, Cliffy, uh Cliff Kingsbury. The Clister. The uh pimpalicious, another guy who's just goddamn mm-hmm. on fire. But anyway, uh the point is um Kyler Murray. According to Cliffy, is getting the biggest contract in the history of the Arizona Cardinals. Right. It will be taller if you print it on paper than Kyler is. Right. The point is, what has Kyler Murray done to earn that contract? Anybody name one thing. Um. I'm waiting. Go ahead. Um. I don't want to cut you off. Uh, that that silence is because he hasn't and, done nothing. Uh,
1: he ain't done not a thing. Well, no, he did. He did. He he threw it to the Rams in the postseason from his own end zone. Repeatedly. Again and again and again. He failed you at the most pivotal point in your season. He showed you an inability to win at the most pivotal point in your season. He showed you who he really is in the biggest moment. Because, again, it's not just that they lost the game. I want to make this point really, really clear. It's not that you just lost the game. It's that you looked panicked. You looked unprepared. You looked like the moment was too big for you. Like, this isn't Joe Burrow, you know, getting ac- absolutely racked and, and breaking his leg, and he had to be out, and that's why, you know, they didn't win. Th- this is not that. This is you threw interception after interception and looked completely outclassed by a Rams defense. That's why you shouldn't get paid. That's why.
0: Well said. Match says without 43 points in game four from Steph, this series is over. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't disagree with that. Wiggins, okay. Wiggins is still going to problem is game four was like a, a year ago. Now Wiggins is,
1: is it, the game's too spaced out. Is it taking too long?
0: Yeah. Two days in between is too much. Cause it's actually three days off. Yeah. I mean, by the time you get to the game on Thursday night, you've been waiting three days. I think it's too much. Yeah. I mean, I think whoever plays well in, or plays the best, especially as they clinch in Boston.
1: Boston. Boston. Be an iconic moment for Steph. Which they man. will, I'm telling you. You but, really think um, they will? Yeah, I think it's over in six. Yeah.
0: I think the Celtics look gassed. They do look I mean, tired. they look tired.
1: Do you think that... So, and this is, I think, a really important question, all jokes aside, for Steph's legacy. oh if, if he comes in... <laughs> To Boston and puts up 40 in Boston to clinch the NBA Finals. He wins the MVP award. But do, but does that? Because this is an ongoing conversation, obviously. What what is it going to take for Steph to get into the LeBron stratosphere? Because I don't think he's there yet. I don't think. He's, I don't think, think he ever in LeBron's
0: the problem. The problem in this conversation is people hate LeBron. Right. Like for whatever reason people hate him. Right. People love Steph and his wife and he's wearing shirts that says she can cook and mm. his parents <laughs> are dating a couple that they used to be best friends with and right. they got divorced and dad's banging that wife and mom's banging that dad and people I'm a
2: fucking unit.
0: People like Steph Curry. Right. And my point is Steph's not the player that LeBron or Kobe is was and I just yeah. he doesn't belong there. Yeah. Is he a good player? Yes. Is he under-recognized for winning four championships in eight years? Yes. Did he make Kevin Durant's legacy? Yes. <laughs> we too easily want to say, well, Kevin Durant, that's the reason they won. Hey, Jag Bag, they won before KD got there. They won with KD, and they's about to win after KD. So you better check yourself.
1: Just saying. The point is.
0: I think he's a really good player, but LeBron James is arguably the greatest player of the modern era. Yeah. Now, will that change? Sure. But you know, the guy's legacy we should be talking about Jason Tatum, Mm -hmm. Jason Tatum. You can't shoot air balls in the NBA finals, bro. That's not
1: repeatedly. You can't
0: like Jason. I'm starting to wonder, and this is what I say about book. And we talk about Devin Booker. Yeah. My guy. Yeah. Um, I need a big game in a big game.
1: Yeah, signature performance. I need
0: Jason Tatum to have 55 uh, tomorrow night at home to send this back to San
1: Francisco. Yeah. Don't think that's happening. You need that dominant game out of Jason Tatum where whatever the number is, whether... Because, again, and, I, and I've always maintained this, like, you know, a dominant 30 points can feel like you put up 55. You know, it's the way you go about dominating and controlling yes. the game. Yes that really defines how we remember it. I, again, I
0: totally agree.
1: Look no further than, you know, again, LeBron. No, no, no,
0: no, no. Look no further than guys like Bobby Hansen and Steve Kerr and frickin' John Paxson and, you know, like who's Andre Iguodala. Like these secondary players that make their legacies in the biggest moments of their careers.
1: Mm, Andrew Wiggins.
0: Andrew mm. Wiggins, MVP mm. of the finals. Um, come on. Steph got so disrespectful. You guys remember back in 2022 and, and Andrew Wiggins somehow like, why do people hate Steph? But no one's going to disrespect me. They don't hate Steph. Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> if and what, see what happened. boy. Well, if Steph goes for like 40 tomorrow night in Boston. That's an issue.
1: Yeah. That's going to be an issue, bro.
0: He's going to win the MVP. Yeah. If Wiggs goes for 40 and Steph is like, oh, my ankle hurts. Oh, that was a foul. And he's like one of 76 from three. He's not winning the MVP and you owe me $1,000 because that's the bet I made about, with right? myself. Yeah. Anyway, James Knight says the greater greatest shooter in the world can go 0 for 9 on Jake's pillowcase either.
1: Yeah, well, you know.
0: Is that where you got that pink guy? I guess uh, Jeremy Bolton says, uh, "I don't think people hate the player LeBron. People like me hate the person LeBron." Wow. Agreed. What did he ever Not do a, to you? Well,
1: it's what he—it's what he hasn't done. That's and that the he's. Thing.
0: He is suddenly an expert on all things social. Dude only has a high school degree, and suddenly he's an expert on race and social
1: issues. Dude is a bum. Come on. See, this is where you lose me. Look, are we talking
0: about Donovan Mitchell or LeBron James? Yeah.
1: Talking about high school and college degrees mean nothing when it comes to social issues. Totally meaningless. Like, literally, it's a piece of paper. High school and
0: college degrees mean absolutely nothing Nothing, about who you are as a person.
1: Nothing. Uh, Now. uh, Wow. Wow. Did you get a college degree for that, burp? I did. Yeah, nice job, dude. Nothing, dude, you can sit here and talk about pieces of paper. The problem is, is the issue isn't what LeBron said or done. The issue is what he hasn't done. The issue is, is his ass was at the back of the BLM stuff, riding his bike with his boys, instead of being up front, being the voice of that movement.
0: Yeah, he was literally in Los Angeles during the riots. Him and Anthony Davis and some of his teammates were on bicycles at the back of the line. What are you doing, bro? What are bro? you doing?
1: And and again, I, again, we're not having a discussion. I'm not doing it today. And we're not reading the comments. I'm not having some long-ass discussion about whether you agree with but... BLM or whatever. We can have a discussion about LeBron and, and whether he should have participated, but I'm not here for, oh, BLM is terrible. Like, I'm not here for that. LeBron today.
0: James, by all accounts, is a great friend and a great father and a great husband and a great philanthropist philanthropist right the things he's done with the school the things he's done to send kids to college LeBron James is not a bad human being do you align with him philosophically no but this is what I always say about Donovan Mitchell Donovan Mitchell has the right to talk about critical race theory yeah Donovan Mitchell has the right to advocate for underprivileged people it and the idea that you would hate him because of that is mind-numbing to me yeah I don't agree with everybody on everything, most people on everything. I don't. I am a free free spirit. Most people don't like me for the way I feel about politics or sex or you know Justin Haber's abdomen. Um but it is what it is. We're all individuals and the problem is we hate LeBron because LeBron's elite. Yeah. LeBron's living the life that a lot of people believe they deserve Dude's but have not earned.
1: Dude's a billionaire.
0: I mean, why do we not hate Tiger Woods? Who recently became a billionaire. Why do we not hate Tiger? Tiger has done nothing but be a moral disaster. Because
1: what did Tiger do? Tiger was busy, you know, getting after a Perkins waitress and and doing all the things that we as dudes glorify. That's but, why we don't hate Tiger.
0: But why do we not hate Michael Jordan? Because Michael Jordan refuses to talk about social issues. Why do we not hate Michael Jordan? Well, we don't hate Michael Jordan because he's elite. But yet he doesn't put himself out there. So, a guy like LeBron, who's elite and puts himself out there and gets involved in politics. And by the way, why is Laura Ingram telling him to shut up and dribble? Mm-hmm. Because he matters.
1: Yep. He's he matters.
0: Irrelevant. He's, He's relevant. relevant. That's why you hate LeBron James. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, the blind swordsman DS says uh, James, you're nasty. James Knight, you're nasty.
1: The hell did James say? Talking about man seat on a pillow. Oh.
0: Eric and Raleigh says, Live the experience. L- lived experience is way more important than institutional education. Yeah. Amen to Street that. Street
1: smarts over book smarts
2: all the
0: time. Karen day. Montemayor says, Where is my free casual shirt? May I speak with your manager? No, you can't, prick. Get out. Um, <laughs>
2: okay. So that's how it's going to be.
1: Can I'd I another, speak with your manager? I, hey, yeah, you're
0: talking to him. By the way, I had another
1: manager experience yesterday. Really? What happened? Tell us quickly before we get to, you know. My Chipotle
0: up. burrito was not oh, rolled.
1: Hell. Did you go in or did you go through Chipotle?
0: Chipotle. Did I complain? No. I just ate it. And it fell all over the place. And you know what? It's fine. It's fine. I didn't complain. You weren't caring about it. I handled it with class and dignity. Too bad. (laughs) And I was too lazy to call them because you can't actually call the store. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, You know, Andy Yu says, if LeBron really cares about social justice, sacrifice some shoe money for child labor.
1: Here we go. I'm so tired of this, dude. I
0: No, I can't. Andy, with all due respect, I can't. Not one... Not two, not three, not four, not five, not six. LeBron left after two titles.
1: Yeah. Well, and and this, but see, this is the thing. LeBron's got four, I think. Does he have five? Or is it four? I think he's got four, right? Steph's about to have four. So, from a championship perspective, it's going to be even, assuming they win.
0: Yeah. Perception's reality. Yeah, man. Flu game, Jordan was hungover. Haha. Well, it could be. He still whooped that ass, though. Yeah. Uh, This is the thing about Jordan. And a lot of people comment on my license plate. That's the other. My license. I have the license plate that says flu game. It's a on savage it. license plate. Um, And so many people are like, oh, he was drunk. He wasn't food poisoned. Okay. And he still beat that ass. What's your point repeatedly? What's your point? So
1: wait, if he's drunk, you couldn't you couldn't beat a drunk Michael Jordan.
0: No, hello, anybody, Donnie? Yeah. I. I anyway, it's fine. Um, we need to play this Phil Mickelson sound just to piss everybody off. Yeah, this will be fun. Um, you know, here's the thing. Phil Mickelson is a Saudi stooge. Right. Right. I think we all know that. Live Golf Tour. Saudi stooge. Thank you. Yeah. Um, he's got blood all over his hands. Right. And even though our local radio stations call him Josh Khashoggi, Jamal Khashoggi deserves better than Phil Mickelson. Right. Well, it turns out that 9-11 families think they deserve better than Phil Mickelson, too. They wrote a letter to Phil and other golfers taking money on the Live Golf Tour, which, by the way, is on break this week so that all of those guys can play the U.S. Open for a final time. But, of course, that means that you have to do media pretty much every day. (laughs) And the other day, Phil was asked about 9-11 families.
1: And they say the deaths of your fellow Americans. No, I've read all that. Is there okay. a question in there? Yes, there is. Um, <laughs> how do you explain to them, not to us, but to them, what you've decided to do? Ooh. I would say to um, um, uh, the Strada family, I would say to everyone that um, has lost loved ones, lost friends in 9-11, that I have deep deep empathy for them um i i can't emphasize that enough i i um thanks phil have the deepest of th- sympathy and empathy for them thanks Yeah, we can feel that that's I great mean, that's really sincerity you know is flowing. it's really emanating through the the microphone that you have a lot of empathy for them and I you know mean, that's why that's why you're 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 taking the saudi money right yeah i mean it's just the
0: empathy is flowing from your bank account. saudi stooge amazing um this guy's a POS. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about this, though. Now, obviously, if you're not aware, on 9-11, I mean, the Saudis had their fingerprints all over 9-11, from Osama bin Laden to 16 of the hijackers. Like,
1: Yeah.
0: Saudis had their hands all over it. And the families, some of the families of 9-11 victims wrote letters. And that's why he was asked about this. I don't know what you do if you're Phil Mickelson, because these questions are all legit and justified. Yeah, they are. And when you are, when you are doing what Phil and Dustin Johnson and all these other golfers are doing, Saudi stooge. This is where sports washing comes in, mm-hmm. which is a term that means, hey, the Saudis are paying Phil Mickelson two hundred million to play golf uh, under the guise of the Live Golf Tour, hoping that people will be like oh well i know they chop people's heads off over there but man they're not such bad folks how about that look how cool this golf tournament is like that's what they're hoping for yeah never mind that well yeah they cut people's heads off yeah yeah and they you know they blow up buildings with airplanes and stuff but other than that and and and, you know osama and you know oil other than all of that and the heads chopping off thing and the bodies in duffel bags out of embassies and shit. Like, other than that, the Saudis, um, holy cow, they put on really good tournaments. Look how green the grass is. Holy, yeah, buddy. No, not so much.
1: And that's why I say, I, I, this is justified. These are all questions that are not ridiculous. These are all questions that are not, you know, way too far out there. Like, the Saudi suge drop was a, was comes from, was born out of a reporter leaning on guys, you know? and And that's why I say, like, this is what happens when you put money before, number one, you know, a bunch of dead U.S. citizens, number one, but you put money before your sense of country, before your sense of character, like, like you sold yourself out. And this is not just a Phil Mickelson issue. Like, I have issues with Dustin Johnson. Dude has won the Masters. He's won a ton of majors. But at least he
0: has said, I'm doing it for the money because I don't want to play the game. Like, at least that's what he's saying. There's
1: some respect in him being accountable for why he's doing it.
0: You know, and at least John Rahm yesterday said, well, you know, I could retire right now and never play another round of golf. And, you know, I like, I have the money. And Justin Thomas the other day said, you know, like – I'm disappointed in these guys and Rory Mack yesterday saying that these guys lied to me. I talked to them; they told me they were committed to the tour, like calling these guys liars and frauds. And I just go back to again, like in in like we'll play John Rom here. Listen to what John Rom says about this, the money
2: in the tour and all of that. I do see the appeal that other people see towards the live golf. Um, I do see some of the. I put this delicately, um, (laughs) points or arguments they can make towards why they prefer it. Uh, To be honest, part of the format is not really appealing to me. Shotgun three days to me is not a golf tournament no cut. It's that simple. Uh, I want to play against the best in the world in a format that's been going on for hundreds of years.
1: Okay, right there. He says more. and I got more. Right there. If he just said nothing else, I'd have been a huge fan of this, massive fan of this. Listen to the second part here.
2: Truth be told, I could retire right now with what I've made, and I've lived a very happy life, and not play golf again. So, uh, I've never really played the game of golf for monetary reasons. I play for the for the love of the game, and I want to play against the best in the world. I've always been interested in history and legacy, and right now the PGA Tour has that. There's there's a meaning when you win the Memorial Championship. There's a meaning when you win. Arnold Palmer, at Bay Hill, that's the meaning when you win L.A. Tory, some of these historic venues.
1: Like what else?
0: And seems he to be
2: went said? on
1: to
0: drop, hey Tiger and I at Tory. like, and that, that that's the other thing that not a lot of people are talking about. Yeah. A lot of people are not talking about the fact that the the live golf format is you only play Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There's no cut, and everybody gets paid.
1: We're just out there having, like, a t-ball tournament. There's no – there's nothing – there's no stakes to it. There's no –
0: There's no format. There's no – man, if I don't hit this – dude, I got to hit the green in regulation or I'm going to miss the cut. Yeah. That doesn't exist on the Saudi tour. They're out there getting paid. It is essentially your uncle's company golf tournament, and the money is just incredible. So, when guys like Phil Mickelson give you the – and that answer from Phil, like – it's an awful answer, but I don't know what else he's going to say because he's never going to say, well... And he got close the other day to saying, look, they pay me incredible money. Yeah. But when, you, when, you, when somebody says to you, well, you know, 9-11 families wrote a letter to you and other golfers and said that you are disrespecting them. What are your thoughts on that?
1: And they say the deaths of your fellow Americans. No, I've read
0: all that. Is there a okay. question? In that? Is yes, there, there is. a question? Um,
1: how do you explain to them,
0: not to us, but to them what you've decided to do. Like that's a legitimate ball breaking question. Yeah.
1: And, and this is in all of this. I want to point this out too, because we have this other conversation about Salt Lake media and like media around our country. This is the type of media I'm talking about. This is a high accountability, no BS type question, not
0: scared to ask you questions, not how, Hey, well, I, you know, I'm just curious. Um, These uniforms are beautiful. Um, How were they designed? And they say the deaths of your fellow Americans.
1: No, I've read all that. Is there okay. a question in there? Yes,
0: hey, there is. Hey, um, I'm, um, uh, um, um, how do you guys get the beer to be so cold? How do you explain to them, not to us, but to
2: them, what you've decided to do? Hey,
0: Phil, that's a beautiful, uh, Mercedes you got there. Um, you know, how, like, are those Corinthian leather seats that you um, got with that Saudi money, you stooge? Um. Like that's a real question. They, that's the media doing their job. Like you heard, you heard the Saudi stooge drop is a Saudi question. stooge. This is a media guy being like, "Hey, you, do you understand? You're a, you're viewed as a Saudi stooge now." Saudi stooge. He asked Phil Mickelson that question last week in London. And uh, uh well, um, um, uh, like this is what the media should do. Yes. But yet the newspaper business is out of uh, is out of business. And the people who do work for the newspapers are like, oh, hey, Ryan Smith, man, that's really cool. You know, um, Qualtrics is a really neat name. Where'd you come up with it? <laughs> like, What? Like they, you, we were listening to the we were listening to the press conference last week, the Quinn Snyder awkward goodbye press conference. Right. And people were asking questions like, oh, hey, man. Hey Quinn, just curious, are you going to have more time now to comb your hair?
1: Um Quinn Snyder's talking about spending Halloween with his family in a press conference related to leaving the Jazz. That's how chill it was.
0: And nobody was like, "Hey Ryan, um you know, look, uh, by the way, you don't have a TV deal. Uh your uniform release thing has been a fucking disaster. Uh you know, um you know, hey Danny, are you guys going to trade Rudy Gobert? Um Hey, Ryan, I know you said you weren't going to trade Joe Ingles, but, uh, like the, no tough um. questions. No, Hey, is, Hey, Hey, can somebody just ask Ryan Smith? Hey, you've owned the, the club for a couple of years now. Um, and you know, you guys have had a tough time you know, you've lost some really difficult games in the postseason, and you've had, you know, by all accounts, like huge chemistry issues in your locker room. Um, and really, you've seen your coach walk away. You've seen your, you know, obviously you guys moved on from Dennis Lindsay. You've had all kinds of turnover and turmoil. Has the last two years of ownership, you know, has it been what you thought it would be?
2: He'll um. you
0: know, answer the question and then you're like, okay, well, when, we, when you look at the reaction that, that the, the community has had to your team, is it at all concerning to you that it seems like your fans are waiting on a win from you guys? Hey, are you at all concerned that you don't have a TV deal yet? Hey, are you at all concerned that, you know, you're going to trade arguably your two most popular players uh, in Boyan Bogdanovich or two of your most popular players in Boyan and Rudy Gobert? Do you worry about how the fans feel about that? Hey, man, um, you know, like just ask any of these questions. Hey, Danny Ainge, um, you know, like now that you're fully in control of the club, um, do you feel like you, you're going to be able to remake this roster? How committed to Donovan Mitchell are you? Hey, Ryan Smith, what have your conversations with Donovan Mitchell been like? Do you guys have a good relationship? Hey, um, by the way, how involved is Dwayne Wade in recruiting players? Hey, like hey, any D- of D-Danny this shit.
1: What do you think of the summer being that you don't have any draft picks to work with?
0: How much of a priority is getting a pick in this year's NBA draft, Danny? Like, are you prioritizing getting a first round pick? Hey, um, And if he says no, okay, cool. No, I'm not going to answer that quite. Well, we're not going to talk about trades we're trying to make. Okay, well, how committed to having Rudy Gobert on this roster are you in 2023? Well, you know, we're committed to all of these guys. Okay, cool. Are you going to make significant changes to this roster? And do you believe that you need to reshape the roster to compete for an NBA championship? Ask the questions. When those uniforms come out, and they're the black ones with the terrible neon green note on them, somebody needs to ask Ryan Smith, hey, are you at all concerned that so far the reaction to these uniforms has been bad?
1: Because it's garbage.
0: The fans have not embraced these uniforms to this point. How important was it to you to get fan, you know, I- input or to feel what the community's input on these uniforms How much were?
1: did you weigh fan reaction versus putting your stamp on the organization as far as the jerseys are concerned? But nobody does that.
0: Uh, Eric C says, come on, the Chelsea fan is talking about morals in sports. Get out of here. So wait, I love this question. Yeah, this is such a casual. This is such an easy. Everybody's like, well, Roman Abramovich ski. Um, The Russian oligarch owned Chelsea. Well, let's see. He sold Chelsea. During his stewardship of Chelsea, Chelsea was not arguably, it's not fucking close. Chelsea was the most charitable organization in the world of soccer. Not close. They did more for community They did more for charitable organizations than anybody else, by all accounts.
1: And it's public information.
0: By all accounts, Roman Abramovich was a model steward of the Chelsea brand, of the Premier League brand, and as an owner of a sports franchise, Roman Abramovich did everything right. By the way, the minute that the Ukrainian issue happened, what happened? He stepped away. They put the the club in trust and, and were under sanction forced to sell the team, which they did, and by which he did not profit. So we can sit here and talk about, and this comes up all the time on Twitter, we can sit here and we can talk about how, well, your favorite soccer club is owned by a Russian oligarch. Yeah, probably so. Because Roman Abramovich was an excellent steward of the Chelsea Chelsea Football Club. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Not, And I don't care how many trophies they won, and they won a pile. I don't care how many great signings and how much money he spent. And they spent a lot and had signing after signing. That guy did more for the the London community. That guy did more for the English football community. That guy did more for the world football community. That guy did more for the people around the world that are hungry. That guy spent more money on the African continent for Didier Drogba than anybody else. So you can sit here and say, well, you know, you're ripping Phil. I'm ripping Phil because he takes money from guys who cut people's heads off Mm -hmm. because they don't like what that guy was reporting about. Saudi Stooge. So, yes, Eric C., go ahead and keep comparing, you know, Roman Abramovich to Saudi Arabia because that's an argument you're going to lose every single day.
1: It's ridiculous.
0: I am proudly a supporter of Chelsea Football Club. Always have been always will be. Do I like that Roman Abramovich has a relationship of whatever level? Now I would guess it's not much because he he was a broker in between Ukraine and and Russia and was siding with Ukraine. Not that that makes it right or wrong, but I'm guessing he doesn't have much of a relationship left with Vladimir Putin. I'm not am I thrilled about that? No. Was I happy when Roman b- bought Chelsea Football Club? I was not. But he was a wonderful model steward of that brand. Yeah. He was an excellent owner. Excellent. There is not a Chelsea Football Club supporter who will have an ill word about him because that guy did it right. That guy did everything possible that he could do. So I'm not I have not a negative word to say about Roman Abramovich because the guy was a fantastic owner. Fantastic. Eric C says um Monty going to build a statue of Roman in his front yard. I'm not, but it's a ridiculous take, Eric. It yeah. is an absolutely positively stupid thing to say. And it
1: tells me everything I need to know that you won't be accountable to the fact that it's a dumb take. It is a it is like, really
0: just lacking and in And I'm knowledge. not even
1: to be honest with you, I'm not even a soccer fan. I'm not even a Premier League fan. It's And I know that Abramovich did his job.
0: It's ridiculous. I mean, it is just it's yeah, ridiculous. Question. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But by the way, Eric C., you're a supporter of, of Real Salt Lake. So should we talk about what their ownership situation was? No. What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? Nothing. 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 It is, it is a ridiculous, ridiculous thing to say. Mm. Absolutely ridiculous. Hey, Monty, tell us how you really feel about Chelsea football, Jeremy Bolton says. Um, if you know anything about me, you know I'm a huge Chelsea. I I just got my my membership pin for Chelsea um, for Chelsea um, ownership trust.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So hey, I'm thrilled with that. I absolutely thrilled with it. Um, Eric C is Real Salt Lake or is it uh, a Real Monarchs fan? Probably both. <laughs> Probably both. But no one's gonna disrespect me. Okay, I feel better. I'm not afraid to die. That's the second time I've had that rant on this show about When
1: I die, I'm going to paradise. (laughs) You know.
0: (laughs) My back is broken. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, Michael Burton says, how is it different than people like LeBron and NBA doing business with China who have horrible human rights violations, slavery and murder, um, NBA has blood on their hands like golf? Oh, I don't have any doubt about that. I have no, there's no question. This is no different than F1 doing business in Saudi Arabia. This is no different than um, Apple, Microsoft, Google. I mean, it, it is absolutely no different, except for one thing. When you publicly spin and support the government of Saudi Arabia, and when you say, well, yeah, I know they cut up Jamal Khashoggi's body and carried him out of an embassy in a duffel bag because he was reporting bad things about the Saudi, you know, royal family. So they cut his body up and carried him out of that building in a duffel bag, which is quite literally what happened. Yeah. When you call that a mistake. We can't can't get on with that. Saudi stooge. And when they pay you $200 million and you openly call their worst egregious actions a mistake, I can't get down with that. Like Roman Abramovich is a perfect example. Roman Abramovich, for those of you who don't know, is a Russian oligarch, the former owner of Chelsea Football Club. He made his money as a titan of industry in Russia, largely facilitated by Vladimir Putin's regime Mm -hmm. and that's the only way you make that's the only way you become a gazillionaire in Russia is Vladimir Putin has to put a check next to your name and he did and Roman profited mightily and Roman owns yachts and villas and homes and companies and football clubs and yeah Would I do? do I wish that that was not the case I do And he's paying mightily for it. And deservedly so. But I am never going to I am never going to say that Roman Abramovich is responsible for Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Phil Mickelson is is directly responsible for the profit and revenue generation of a family who cuts people's bodies into pieces and puts them in duffel bags. That's an issue. Phil Mickelson. Is defending those people directly. Yeah. Phil Mickelson is defending the Saudi royal family directly. Do you understand that? Do you, like, you must understand that. Greg Norman is a joke. Yeah. Dustin Johnson is a joke. Sergio Garcia, well, nobody cares about you. Ricky Fowler. And the minute he tees off on that tour, I'm done with Ricky Fowler. Um, he is dead to me, and he is he is my favorite golfer. Ricky Fowler is a guy that I follow closely. I will never never speak of him again. I just the the guy is dead to me. Period. Like it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I don't know. There are good people on both sides of the head. Shopping. Fat Jesus says exactly my point. Right. Exactly. Like it is so frustrating. That people, yeah, anyway, it's not worth continuing on. Um, Let me pull out the pad and remind you that we are rocketing towards 5,000. We're going to give away a PlayStation 5 to anybody not named Eric C. on this show.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Um, Let's see how many subs we had
1: subs subs we and by were... the way we didn't cut anybody's head off to get these subs just saying are you sure yeah i'm, I'm just putting that out there you, you know. know
0: uh oh wow 4639. so we picked up 39 subs yesterday let's go um make sure you hit subscribe give us a thumbs up and if you're so inclined check out our affiliate links in the description below um yeah my rockstar recovery somebody was commenting that i should stop drinking energy drinks um well my rockstar recovery has zero fat um three carbs and two grams of sugar. So I'll take it.
1: Yeah. Happily. I mean, it seems it's fine. You know.
0: <sighs> yeah. And the reason I drink that one, I drink that or white cans of Monster. I don't like carbonation. So yeah. there you have it. Shop our affiliate links. Yeah. Um, And Eric, see a bunch of your comments got filtered. I'm not doing that. That's YouTube doing that. And I can't see them. So yeah. I would love to see you. Uh, Michael Burton, last comment on this. I agree. What happened to uh, Khashoggi is evil. So is what's happening in China. I don't disagree with that.
1: I don't disagree. Why with do that. we? This is my question for all the eric sees out there. Why is it that when we're talking about something like Phil Mickelson, we need to spin and go to, you know, an owner of a football club, or we need to go to, you know, Nike in China. We're yes. not talking about Nike in China. We're not talking why is about... it that when we talk about
0: January 6th, we have to bring up Black Lives Matter riots? Yeah, we're we not talking about that. We can't have a conversation directly about Saudi Gulf um, because we have to talk about Roman Abramovich. We can't have a conversation directly about January 6th because we have to talk about riots uh, for BLM. Like, why can we not just compartmentalize, hey, Phil Mickelson did this with the Saudis? Why can't we do that? We talked all about the China situation when Daryl Morey was doing his stupidity. And, Idiot. Right? Like, I, I, we just have lost the ability to have rational conversations in this country. Yeah. We we just can't. And the thing that, that I always point to is all the people who want to support, you know, like Donald Trump is a perfect example of this. Everybody says, well, look at Joe Biden. The economy's in the tank. And Donald Trump, we had the best economy ever. Okay, tell me the impact that Donald Trump had on the economy. I'll be here waiting for that answer. What did Donald Trump do to support the the, the economy? Um. Because the tax package he put in killed the economy. Yeah. So, by the way... Everybody's like, well, jobs, jobs, jobs. Donald Trump is not indirectly or directly responsible for the jobs numbers in this country. Well, gas prices were lower. Joe Biden has no influence or ability to influence gas prices. Gas prices repeatedly have been proven to be profit-taking. Repeatedly. And by the way, when did refineries stop making oil and gas products in this country? Oh, that's right, during Donald Trump's presidency. Hmm. So is it Joe Biden's fault? No. Is it Donald Trump's fault? No. Gas companies are unregulated. Gas companies make money. Joe Biden, the best analogy I've ever heard. Joe Biden doesn't have a, well, we better turn that gas to, gas price up to $8. Where's the knob on my desk? Like that doesn't exist. He has no influence over gas prices, none. But you're not educated enough to know that. So you roll in here and you talk about Roman Abramovich. But you know? I'm
1: sure you have a college degree, right? That's a,
0: that's a great point. And I, we talk about this a lot. I'm telling you college degrees have never been more worthless than they are right now. Yeah. 50s, 60s, 70s. Yep. People looked at resumes and like, all right, where's your degree? Where's your degree from? People don't do that anymore when they're hiring. The, The job market is so competitive right now, even as we head for a recession, even as we have, you know, $5 gas, the job market is so competitive right now. Companies like Google and Amazon and Yeah, dude. they're all trying to hire. And why is that? Because
1: people aren't working the way they used to work. Why do you think employers are offering, "Hey, we'll train you." Why are they offering that? Why why do you see on your social media constantly, "Hey, learn how to code, get this certification for coding and then you can go and get a coding job and make like 120 a year." Why do you think you're seeing that? Yeah, not it's not because colleges are relevant, right? That's not why. Now, if you're a doctor or you're in medical, okay, you got to go get your degree. That's just it's just a mandatory part of the process. But for your average Joe, I would not recommend it. And honestly. listen, if
0: you're in finance or banking or I think medical or yeah. law, or legal certainly, yeah, there are places where you need a degree and a doctorate. Totally get that. Yeah. Nine out of ten jobs don't need that and don't require that. And the, and the bigger – there's larger issues at play, like we don't teach checkbooking and account balancing in high school, right? Okay. Tax cool. code. The point is, yeah, we don't teach you how to leverage the tax code. Yeah. But the point is, we just don't want to have educated conversations. We don't – we want to throw stuff out that we just can't back up just because we heard somebody else say it. Yeah. And it it, it is why – we believe a large swath of people in this country believe that we had an election that was stolen 2 years ago.
1: Even though we didn't and it's been back and forth And there's no times. evidence
0: to prove that. It it's why we can't have common sense gun reform. It's why we have $5 a gallon gasoline in this country. It's why California is in the position that they're in. Yeah. It's why they're overregulated and overtaxed and that will never change. The the saddest thing is is that we we talk too much and we act too little? We have politicians that have been in office for 40, 50 years who have their their hand in in or who who people have their hands in their pockets from gas to the NRA to the food industry to your uh, mom. The NRA like,
1: might be the best example,
0: and that's why we'll continue to have mass shootings in this country. That's why it's why we're talking about a thousand percent tax on on ar-15s that's why we're going to have a people want to put into place a thousand percent tax on ars why that's not going to solve the problem yeah that is not going to get mass shootings to stop but we don't talk about mental health we don't want to have a conversation about that oh the second amendment the guys that wrote the second amendment had no idea that this is how it would be applied so stop telling me about the second amendment like it's the gun thing is a perfect example. Oh, they're coming for our guns. Show me the politician who said that we're going to have people knocking on doors, taking people's weapons. Mm -hmm. Where is that bill? Where is that legislation? Where was that suggested? Show me that. Tell me that. Who is the one that said we should do that? Yeah. Cause nobody has ever said that that should be part of any bill or law, but we don't, we don't do our research. We just listen to We listen and reelect Marjorie Taylor. We listen
1: to Tucker Carlson.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It, it is what it is. I, I just don't, you know, it is. Anyway. Uh, Michael Burton says, this is just starting to happen here in Australia, and now we're seeing power outages. Yeah. And they can instill business-specific ideology without having to deal with break-built-in ideas from someone with a college degree. Exactly. Donnie inherited a good economy from Obama. I different discussion. Why do you need an automatic rifle? Different discussion. The good economy was working for everyone. That's why Trump was important to the ultra rich. Yeah. And the stock market, folks, is not an indication of who's making money in this country. There's a couple comments about the stock market. It doesn't matter. What matters is that Jake is devastated this morning and he's in a terrible mood and he's in a terrible mood. Um, Not because he's going to owe me $1,000 when Andrew Wiggins wins the NBA MVP, (laughs) NBA Finals MVP, not why, but because he can't eat eggs anymore. Mm -hmm. New study out, friends. Now, eggs is one of my favorite, absolutely favorite foods. I love eggs. I love eggs. Love, I love, I love eggs. Nice, fluffy eggs. I want your huevos. Yeah. Nice anyway, fluffy eggs, a um,
1: butter, a little cheese, a little salt and pepper. Whole little grain toast. Sourdough or whole oh, grain. Man. Let's give go. Me some,
0: give me some butter spray Let's with go. some toast. Let's man. go. I want it. Turns out people who eat eggs on a daily basis have a much higher occurrence of cancer, including colorectal cancer.
1: Oh, that's exciting, isn't it?
0: Damn. Now, if you eat eggs once a week, you're probably fine. If you're like Jake and you eat eggs twice a day every day and stuff... Well, Jake, it's been nice knowing you.
1: Pause, bro. Pause. Yeah, come on. And before, but
0: anyway, I'm not going to stop eating eggs. Mm -hmm. I just don't eat them very often. I can't. When's the last time we actually had an egg? Oh, camping,
1: camping, camping. God damn, it was good.
0: When we were at the formerly known as Yellowstone Park,
1: Um, dude. Two two burger patties. You know, a little cheese in between them, a little crack egg over medium. My J- God.
0: Jake made a, a burger for us that's on my TikTok, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. And it was amazing. But a new study out says eating eggs every day will kill you. By the way, what's the best preparation of an egg? Because I think I could make the, on a, on a burger, the application is what's different. So on a burger, sunny side up, firm. Mm-hmm. But when you crunch that yolk, it runs a little bit. Yep. That's how you want it on a burger. Medium. Now, if you're going to hand me three eggs and some toast, I want them scrambled. Scrambled.
1: Yep. Ideally, there'd be some veg inside of them. A yeah. little cheese, mm, salt and pepper. Pico, pico. Pico. Yeah, you're a big Pico guy. I get I'm it. I'm a yeah. huge
0: Pico guy. Yeah. Huge Pico guy. Yeah. To me, the best egg is scrambled. But man, if you're going to put it on a burger. It's got to be fried. <sighs> fried egg. So good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have to talk about the Sopranos angle on the show because now they're saying that refined meats are killing us, which we've Johnny known for a fly. while. But also a new study out that says eating things like charbroiled meat exponentially raises your chances of getting cancer.
1: Isn't that neat?
0: A, I don't charbroil my meat. I smoke
1: it. What does charbroil even mean?
0: That means you put it on an open flame and it gets the black crusty grill marks on it. Oh, okay.
1: Those are phenomenal, by the
0: those way. Those are carcinogens, though. Right. Cancer-causing chemicals form. So they say that that meat is terrible for you. We already knew that sausage, like beef, pork sausage. Yeah. We already knew All the that. the stuff that we like. Capicola. God,
1: Capicola. Salami.
0: Jesus. You know, the gabagool. The gabagool. We already knew that stuff is terrible for you. Right. But just another study to reinforce that it's terrible for you. And the other thing that kills us is sugar. Right. So we thought today we would talk about your favorite flavor of Oreos.
1: <sighs> it's not even close for me.
0: So after I've had my egg and charbroiled burger sandwich, <laughs> I think the golden double stuffed Oreo is by far the champ.
1: It's, Are you ready? Are you ready? It's the gold standard. Get to see golden. It's see what I did there? Golden. See what I did there? No, No credit at all
0: none because that was tough crowd today that was
1: stupid tough crowd today
0: Uh, Fat Jesus says the only safe thing to eat is Pop-Tarts oh fat double chocolate Pop-Tarts in the toaster in the toaster oven for like three minutes oh my god speaking of sugar as a rock Um, Eric and Rowley says Reese's Oreos they're not bad they're not bad there's a couple like the pumpkin spice Oreos (sighs) eh the really thin lemon ones are good the lemon thins yes as a rock dude. just yeah. throbbing yeah but man you hand me a, a golden double stuff now here's the problem with oreos right and i think we've talked about this on the yes. show and as a noted fat ass i have a, a, <laughs> more a, of a noted
1: fat ass. as a noted fat, fat
0: ass i have fat? a more authoritarian opinion here. right right authoritarian is probably not the word i wanted to use right um but i'm authority on on food you're credible I'm telling you now, golden double stuffed is the way to go, but you can only have like a half dozen. Six is, and it's really almost impossible not to eat at least 12. But the problem is when you overeat Oreos, you feel like eh. terrible for like Dude. two hours. Dude, it's terrible. And there's no way to get, it's like when you do, when you do shoulder day at the gym and yeah. that burn that just will never Endless. end. That's what you feel like after you eat. And there's no,
1: you're right. There's no way to get around it. You're going to, you're going to be on the pain train. And for me, it's like half a day. You're going to be on the pain train for half a day. You're going to be burping them up. You're like, your stomach's not going to be awesome. Oh yeah. Even if you eat like oatmeal or a bunch of vegetables to try to push it through, it's not going to happen, man. It's going to sit there and it's going to be pissed.
0: Josh Lovren, coach. Good morning from Seattle. He says, deep fried Oreos. Yes. Who
1: deep fries Oreos? Oh, they're so good.
0: I never had one of those. But I don't go to carnivals anymore because another kid fell 70 feet off of a ride at a (laughs) carny. No, no. Because a carny didn't set up the roller coaster, right? So he fell 70 feet. By the way, not a shocker on his death certificate. The cause of death was blunt force trauma to the abdomen and head. Spinal. (laughs) Well, when you fall off a ride, it's a tilt a world a hundred feet up in the air back is broken and it was tilting the world. And he got bucked off that thing and felt my back 70 <laughs> feet. I don't go to carnivals, bro.
1: Nah, anyway, good.
0: but deep fried Oreos, anything deep fried is better. You know, the other ones that are really good, they make an Oreo that is covered in like ho-hos, you know, the ho-ho chocolate yeah. Yeah, with yeah. chocolate cake. Yeah. Take an Oreo, cover it in chocolate cake, covered in milk, chocolate icing it's the greatest thing ever it's the greatest thing ever dude it will you know and look i want it i've worked really hard i've lost a bunch of weight like i'm in really good shape right now um you know i'm going to hike twin lakes this weekend and i'm excited about it because i don't eat double stuffed oreos that are deep fried and covered in cake batter i want it i want to i do i want them i want all of them i do um, you know. Uh Big Dog O Town says, I give two dams I'm about my eggs and charcoal grilled burgers in every meat I'd rather die eating or fornication. Shout the Mobamba.
1: Well, at if least I, we know where you stand. If
0: I die eating a double cheeseburger from five guys while pounding box, I'm fine Dude, with that.
1: I, I have to agree. You know, a I few kids agree.
0: can be sacrificed for my opportunity to get Indian fried bread. Yes, it can. <laughs> you know, look. <laughs> if some kids kind of fall off rides
1: i thought my guy just said a few kids could be sacrificed so that i could have my you know my little fried cake with a little you know sugar on top
0: eric and raleigh says york peppermint patty with an oreo in the middle dude that sounds really good k nuren says truth sugar feeds your cancer cells yes it does yes it does Damn. yes it does what's your favorite cookie Mm. We've talked about this before on the show. I'll tell you, two kinds. the The homemade cookie from Papa Murphy's, the one where you get the cookie dough, that was really. My wife made them the other night. Mm -hmm. That was really good, really good.
1: Yeah, there's two kinds. So there's the Oreo type of cookie, but then there's like the cookies you can get that are fresh baked from any grocery store. You know, and and there's there's something about a really nice, soft, fresh baked cookie that I get down with. Like I'm a big fan, but it's hard to find them you know Yeah, I don't like those sugar cookies with the like layer no, of icing. No, I'm talking about my my all-time favorite cookie is a freshly baked peanut butter cookie with a with a Hershey kiss on top. All-time favorite cookie. Wow. Like not even close. Okay. And by the way, what also adds to it is the holiday spirit. Like when you get those during Christmas it's snowing outside and you're eating one of those, Sex. I'm all about it. Sex. All bro.
0: about it. Absolute. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, I'm a chocolate chip guy, but I just, I, I've lost. You know what the problem is? I know what I'm eating. Do you like care about the stuff you eat? Because I know what I'm eating and I know what it's doing to me. Uh-huh. Like, I know what sugar's doing to me, I know what fat is doing to me. Like, and people joke with me about the fact I eat Chipotle every day. I do. You know why? Because I can control what's in it. Yeah. And it's good for me, and it makes me poop in the morning. And at this <laughs> age and stage of my life, if I can get a good dump in that the PDH is the hell out of me, I'm like, hell yeah, bro. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in, right? Yeah. So I eat oats every day for breakfast. I eat a, a chipotle burrito that is just brown rice, black beans, pinto, pico, a little bit of, of uh, queso, and some lettuce. Right. That's me every day for lunch, right? And it, for dinner, like last night, I had um, heritage flakes, which is high fiber. Yeah. High fiber cereal. Dude, what happened? How I... do
1: you have high fiber cereal for dinner?
0: How... But you know how, because when I got out of bed dude, today, come on, I took the Browns to the Super come Bowl. Come on, like it was amazing. When you, yeah, dude, when you. <laughs> when... When you drop a deuce first thing in the morning, there's nothing There's no better way than to... What
1: what was the PDH ranking on that this morning? I mean, what were we talking about? Oh, it was like a 7 or an 8. A 7 or an 8 out of 10. Okay. Bro,
0: got in the shower after that, like rinsed it, rinsed off the buho. There's nothing
1: like having tingling head headed into the shower, man. Nothing like it. Tingling head. Keep
0: it real. Yeah,
1: PDH. We all know the feeling. Don't run from it. We all know the feeling.
0: What's a PDH? Do I really have to explain? Dude. Do Seriously? I really have to explain? That's
1: an amateur question, bro. A PDH is a post-stump high. Thank you. The little tingle, tingling feeling you get.
0: Uh, uh, Kent Nye says, oh, oh, bloody hell, are you guys going to talk about sports today? We already did. Bro, We're two hours into the two show. Two hours
1: in, dog. Like,
0: go back. Like, come on, bro. Start from the beginning. This yeah. is the, the non-sports story maybe, section maybe, of
1: the day. Maybe, you know, with all due respect, show up on time, and you would have heard about the Gabagool and, and Andrew Wiggins having zero chance to win the finals MVP and the fact that the Jazz are effed when it comes to r- trading Rudy Gobert. Like, all this stuff we talked Nye about. Ken
0: says, now I'm done. I get to hear about your shitting. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you should go back to the beginning of the podcast. Every day, the format uh, of the show, for everybody who's new to the show, the dude. show, we do sports for about an hour and 20 minutes. The last 35 uh, minutes of the show is non-sports. Dude. Sally stooge. J- Josh Lovren says, Jake loves that tingle, fingle, dingle. Yeah, bro. Yes, he does. Yes,
1: man. Is there nothing better? Tell me there's nothing better than that. Getting up and getting the business done. Tell yeah, me and there's then nothing better. You
0: get in the shower. You wash it all off, and then you go about your day.
1: Okay, I don't know about the washing it all off thing. When I get in the shower, the butthole is already clean, but I don't need to. You know, I don't need to do the whole washing off thing.
0: Are we really going to have this conversation again? I'm not again?
1: doing. I'm not having the bidet conversation, bro. The
0: shower it's really is. Despicable. Uh, God. Why do did I? Did you this? ever
1: get a bidet? No. It's ridiculous. No, I
0: did not get a bidet. Moist flushable wipes and <laughs> a daily shower removes the need for a bidet. No problem. Because you shouldn't have a whole lot of junk That's down there I'm when saying. you're done you
1: talking about cleaning it all but yeah hey
0: you gotta spray it off in the shower dude. the brown eye needs to be clean dude come on absolutely come on does karen montamay talk to the manager about the browns in the super bowl Nope. dude nope not at all big dog o-town says i'm i'm with you jake peanut butter is my favorite everything yes. pastry guys go to maverick here in o-town they have the peanut butter cookies with a kiss oh it's fire
1: Hold on. Is Big Town O oh, Dog? Are you in Utah? Or He's where? in Ogden. He's in Ogden. O Town, okay. man. He's in Oh O Town. Duh. Leftover
0: Trippin. Chipotle all day. Exactly. James Knight says, try to keep up, you newbies. We talk about everything, including dogs' <laughs> asses on this show. Yeah, casual. Yep. Eric, Eric and Raleigh. Soap the damn crack. Soap soap the crack every damn day. How do you not? Dude. How do you <laughs> not? I'm just you gotta get it clean down there man
1: I thought you said soap the crap
0: that's exactly what he said Jesus and I'm on with that I'm on board with it's <laughs> got to be clean I'm kind of a clean freak about that I'm a kind you know wow you know wow you know my <laughs> oh Eric
1: God. Monty clearly <laughs> doesn't have
0: a hairy ass. LOL, lucky guy. I'm not Just talking take a nice and easy, Okay. Just relax.
1: We don't need to be talking about hairy no, assholes man. on this show. I'm not doing
0: it. Josh that. Loverin says lather and slather. <laughs> it's it's internals. Wow. That's okay. why I'm saying if you don't have the shower head that you can pick up in the, sp- the spray head thing. You're never cleaning the crotch the way it should be. If you if you just have a shower head that's mounted up there that you can't move and get down there and, yeah. Yeah, and spray all the stuff, yeah. get, in, get there in there and there. Like, spray yeah. it all. Uh-huh. I'm telling you, Right, man. right. I'm telling you. Okay. I'm telling well, you. Well, this was- Cam uh... Harrison says if it- Oh, is it really? Yeah. We have a life to live. Appreciate y'all being here tomorrow. Uh, obviously, we'll get you ready for game six, the penultimate championship night for the Golden State Warriors.
1: By the way, I think the Stanley Cup final begins tonight. It does.
0: It does. I'm taking Vasilevsky in uh, Tampa.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think you have to.
0: Or though the abs are very good. Well, maybe we'll talk some hockey tomorrow. Probably not. Uh, until tomorrow, say wash that boho, Jake. Wash that baho,
1: Jake.